Hello and welcome into another episode of Unsportsmanlike Conduct, the pro sports show where we talk and you listen. I'm Colin Logston. I'm Evan Sashello. And I'm Vaughn Lozon. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the uh, the Pistons' current hot streak. They have currently currently uh, won four games in a row. And we're also going to get into some Tigers talk with spring training starting today. So um, starting off with the Pistons... Um, last week when we were talking, they were on a five-game losing streak. They were a couple. They were like three games out of the playoff race, and you guys were kind of giving up on them. Vaughn, you especially, you gave them a ten percent chance to make the playoffs, yeah. and now look at them. And I think I deserve <laughs> some credit, not to brag, but I said the game last Monday night against Cleveland that could turn the whole season around. I said it was almost kind of like a must-win yeah. without it actually being a must-win. They won that game. They won every game since, and now they're tied for the seventh seed. They're only two games back at the fourth seed in the East, so they're right back in it. They're looking like they could get that five or six seed, like which we thought was for sure not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, uh, much less than making it at all. So now they're looking pretty good. Harris has looked great. Reggie Jackson is back. Andre Drummond. KCP is finally getting into rhythm. What do you guys think about them lately? I'm not going to get carried away. Oh, uh, but I'm going to agree with you. Yes, you did say last week could have been the turning point of the season against uh, Cleveland. Thank you. Uh, it was an impressive win, 96-88 to against LeBron and the boys in Cleveland at Quicken Loans Arena. That was very impressive. They uh, but that, them too. Yeah, it was 96-88. But the second game against the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, did we both all think that was going to be a loss? Did we? No. I, no. No. So that I don't even count that as a game, basically. But they won that game by 20 points. That's it nothing. wasn't even that close. It was like a 40-point game at halftime. Yeah. It was over. Then <clears throat> they beat the Bucks. Okay, Bucks are an up-and-coming team. They got some good players. Yeah. But I think last night's. Uh, it was a good win against Toronto. Very good team, the Raptors are. But they didn't have Kyle Lowry. And I like to think that game would have been different if they had Kyle Lowry. Uh, but this team, you know, they're two games above 500 now. They were two games below just last week when we were talking about them. Mm-hmm. You talked about now they're in the playoff contention, seventh seed, a few games away from the, the fourth spot. Uh, Tobias Harris, yeah, he has looked good. I feel like that was a great pickup, getting rid of Sova and Jennings and bringing him in the starting lineup. Which you were questioning a little bit. You said hey, it was an all right move, but you weren't overly impressed. Are you are you more impressed now? It's an all right move. I gotta wait till the rest of the season plays out. Okay. I think I just okay. feel he was overpaid. I'm not <clears throat> questioning Tobias Harris as a bad basketball player. He's a good basketball player. That's why the Pistons basically traded two starters for him. Mm-hmm. If you talk about Brandon Jennings last season when he was just tremendous. Right. Uh, but you know what? Marcus Morris, Andre Drummond last night combined for 29 points uh, down low and then you have Harris 14 points you got KCP back he played 35 minutes Reggie Jackson's playing better in, in terms of just distributing the basketball that's why everyone else is getting double digits Justin Harper had nine points and he was a D-league guy just scrambling yeah. to find the team forget and now, Tolliver keep Harper on the roster right. <laughs> Tolliver can stay down there like the only negative right now for the Pistons <coughs> is uh just Basically, Stanley Johnson and Anthony Tolliver are not playing. That's their only negative right now. Uh, but I do feel last week I was a little bit skeptical, like I said, about this team making the playoffs. Uh, despite the competition they played, without Kyle, the Raptors without Kyle Lowry against the 76ers, just with the way this lineup is looking, I feel like this team could go on a serious run, like you said last week, Colin. And I feel like they can compete for a middle-of-the-pack kind of spot, maybe a four or five instead of the bottom eight last eight which would be a huge win for a team that hasn't made the playoffs in seven years that'd right. be really big right now you said last week that it'd be an almost mm. like a must-win game against cleveland do you feel the same way this coming wednesday at san antonio do you think that they could go back to their losing ways they had a five-game losing streak before this four-game win streak 
Uh, do you, what, what do you think about that? Do you think that the I same thing could I don't think it's happen? as big because I think they found their confidence a lot more. Okay. I think they were off for like a week straight with the All-Star game. They had some guys come back for injury. I think that now they're getting into a groove. I think the, the game at San, San Antonio, I think they can win, and that could be an even bigger boost, but I think if they lose, it won't kill them. You think they have I'm a not chance ex- to not, win? They have a chance, but I'm not expecting them. You don't think they'll win? No. But no. the following game after that, I think they have the New York Knicks. Yep, they That's a win. Yeah. And so you can get an automatic win. win pretty much right after that. Yeah. And like you said, they're tied for the seventh seed um they're right now because of tiebreaker they're in the night spot uh right behind chicago and the charlotte hornets um the four game win streak's been huge i think um really getting the momentum back into their game uh and in the four games reggie has led uh in points in three of them and he's led in assists in two of them uh morris led in assists in the other two uh wow. in the cleveland game and philadelphia yeah i was i, was I know morris about to pass the ball yeah, I guess so. Uh, wow. one, one, in the game against Cleveland, he had eight. He had eight assists. Eight assists? He had eight assists in that game. Wow. I thought that was like his career total. It, it must be. Gosh. <laughs> it must be. That's Tobias insane. led in points against Philadelphia. Uh, he had Machine. over 20. Yeah. And then uh, you guys want to guess on who led in rebounding in all four of those? It probably wasn't Andre Drummond, was it? It was Andre Drummond. Wow. Wow. It, he he's it. also had double-double in 13 straight games. Yeah. But Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he led in rebounding in every single game that we've played this year. I, I would not be shocked. Every game he's played in, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's absolutely. best rebound in the league right now, probably. He has to He leads the league. His double-doubles, I think he has 25 on the year. Mm-hmm. I think – um. No, games of 15 points, 15 rebounds, he has 25 games. Oh, their close guy is eight. Like Dwight Howard, Porzingis, and – um. Boogie Cousins all have eight. That's ridiculous. That's good company. Yeah. That's good company to be in. And, he, and he's tripling all of there. Like he has twenty five. Yeah. They all have eight. Fifteen, fifteen. He's incredible. Awesome. Um, but I am a little weary about where this Pistons team can go. Six of their next seven are on the road. Uh, that's a really tough road stretch. But they do have twelve home remaining games, and nine of those are in a row. Yeah, after From, the six of seven, nine game home streak. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that existed. March sixteenth to April first, they'll be playing at the Palace of Auburn Hills. That's the key stretch right there. That you got to win at least six or seven of, nine of those. Games. At least they, six. They have to win the majority of those games. Yeah. if they want a chance at that and go at least spot. even on this big road stand. Yeah, coming they ha- up. They at they least have even. Right. They have to. Guys like mm-hmm. Tobias Harris, they they have to continue leading scoring. Tobias, he led uh, in scoring in this four-game streak so far against Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia is a bad team. Uh, Reggie Jackson's not going to be able to do that every game. You got to have Tobias Harris shoot the three. You got to have him be in a post. He's a very well-rounded player. You got to make that happen in every game, and not just against Philadelphia. They could go one, one and three in their next four games, though. They they need to go at least two and two. It's a tough right. stretch what coming up. They got they got to fight. Yeah, I know San Antonio, San Antonio on Wednesday yeah. with Tim Duncan and Tony Parker. That probably probably lost. We can probably yeah. chop them in San Antonio. Kawhi is going to tear us. New York. I think they're going to beat New York at home, right? Or is it at it's even in, if it's, it's at, at even if it's at the Garden, they should still win. And then they got Portland coming to Detroit. Mm-hmm. I think that's a loss. Talk, Damian Lillard. Damian that's Lillard. A, he's yeah. on another planet right it's now. A toss up. He's on another planet I think that's right a toss now. Up game. They're going to have to contain him. That's yeah. That's a toss up. They beat they beat Portland bad earlier in the year. And then the yeah, game probably. after, they're going to Dallas hmm. against Dirk and everybody. And uh, Dirk's been playing real well. I can't remember the last time so. we've won there. It seems like every year we go to Dallas, so we get stomped. So that's a one and three stretch right there. But then we well, thought it looks like it. We don't know for sure. We'll see. Yeah, but they, that could be. But then if they do that, that picks you at thirty-two and thirty-two, back to five hundred again. Who knows where you are in the standings for seeding? But we talked about that game, eight games at home. 
Nine uh, nine, nine, in a, yeah, nine, nine in a row. Nine in a row. And they have 12 remaining on the schedule. I think I'm going to have to go to one of those games. It's going to be intense. It's going to oh, be a lot yeah. of fun because we weren't talking about this team. This team was expected to make the playoffs. But now they made the moves. They've won the games. Uh, Reggie Jackson's look good. Andre Drummond, first-year All-Star. He's going to be All-Star for years to come. This team has a lot of talent. And April's going to come up close. April 13th is mm-hmm. the last day of the NBA season. It's going to be the Kobe Bryant show. Uh, we talk <laughs> Our about last game is against Kobe. No, it's again, that's the last game is April 13th for him. But Oh, last, his last game. Okay. The last Detroit game is April 13th at Cleveland. Yeah, I, that's I, right. I thought we were done there. We no. won there the other week. Can't we just be done? Can't they nope. come here? So that's, prob- that's probably, probably your, Cleveland, your pivotal uh, game right there. That's yeah. going to change. I don't know if we can win there back-to-back. It'll be interesting. I anticipate this is going down to the wire to the last game of the season. Vaughn, you were talking about the offense being the key lately. The key has been their defense is back. I got the stats right here. In the five-game losing streak they had um, over a week ago, they were allowing 105 points a game. Now over the last four games, down to 92. It's a 13-point difference per game. That's huge. That's huge. Field goal percentage, teams were shooting 50%, now down to 45. Um, Teams were getting 44 rebounds a game, now down to 39. Second chance points, nine a game, down to seven. And then paint points from 45 down to 38. So our defense is locked in. Because mm-hmm. that, that was that Van Gundy defense that played earlier where KCP was locking guys down. Drummond wasn't letting guys get to the basket. They lost that somewhere. But Sam Van yeah. Gundy, to his credit, has got them playing to that system again. If they can keep this defense going, that's what's going to get them far. Because good defense leads to good offense. The reason they weren't scoring a lot against teams like Washington and everything is because they, tr- they were getting in a shooting competition. When their defense is playing well, it allows them to slow the pace down. They don't get in a rush, feel like they have to catch up, and they can get their buckets. They can play that pick-and-roll system, find guys at like KCP and Johnson on the wings, find Marcus and, uh, and Drummond down low, and they're, pl- they're playing the right way. I feel like this defense is still a problem. I mean, look at these, the last 10 games. The Pistons had the lead, the highest score, game high, from one player. That was uh, – I'm looking at Davis. Here. Anthony Davis. No, that was Tobias. Tobias Harris had 22 points against Philadelphia. But I'm going back uh, to February 4th. Robin Lopez had 26 points. Next game, Paul George had 30 points. Next game, Kyle Lowry had 25 points. It keeps going down. (coughs) Oh, you're seeing every game more, and the guy from the other team is leading the game points. That's fine though, because we're not a team like that where we have one superstar. We're we're like pretty. We're very balanced. We don't have that one guy like a Paul George or anything that's to carry the team. I'd rather have a more balanced scoring attack. We were talking about last night. They still gave up 101 points to Toronto without Kyle Lowry. Uh, they're giving up 90. They gave up 111 to Anthony Davis and the Pelicans. And only Anthony Davis that was 59 bad. of those. That yeah. was bad. But I think last night, I think um, Toronto only had like 80 points going in the fourth quarter. I think we kind of gave up in the fourth quarter if you want to look at the points for that. Because we, we were up by like 20 points going into that quarter. I think yeah. we were putting all the subs. So I think that's, that's a little exaggerated. But I do see your point. They need to be more consistent. Right. If they want to make the playoffs and, better yet, do some damage in the playoffs, they got to be consistent in defense. That's hard for a young team. And it's in a league where it's scoring is common yeah. now. and where your leader of the team is only 25 years old. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Their team is so young. Fifth, fifth uh, youngest starting five in the league. Who is the youngest? Do you know? It is Minnesota. That would make sense. Yeah, so it's really good. I believe that. They're, they're going to be one of the. They're going to be really good in a couple up. years. Yeah. yeah, you give them we're two, lucky three years. Yeah, out of all those five, be young there. starting a lot of us, we're the only ones that are in a contention for playoff spot right now. All the others are like bottom of the league. Really? So they're looking for the future. We're good already right now. That's very promising. Well, so you credit the Stan Van Gundy. I mean, I think last week I mentioned that there was o- there's only two players on the roster that were here 
before he got here. I think that was KCP and Andre Drummond. Those guys were even new. So he just completely turned around this team. This used to be the a team, you know, back with Chauncey Billups and Rip Hamilton. Those guys were together forever. And then we've seen players come and go like Brandon Knight, Chris Middleton, all these different guys. But now we're starting to see a core and a team to really build upon and be excited about. And it's, I'm really looking forward to it. This crowd's going to be over pretty soon. Making Van Gundy the coach and the president was a very smart move by Goris. Because a guy like that, his system is so important, he can't just work with any guy. You can't just draft good players for him. He needs to get his own guys. So I think that was a great move on Goris's part. I mean, it's all about the system that he runs. It's all about all the guys that he wants. Yep. He led Orlando to the, to the uh, NBA Finals. Yeah. Uh, um, they didn't win that finals, but they still got there with all that. Well, I mean, they had great defense that year too. Dwight Howard. That he roster was wasn't even that, that impressive. All they have is Dwight Howard, and then Jameer Nelson's your second best player. Probably. Yeah. Ray for Alston. Like that team really wasn't that good. He yeah. he Turka glue. Like it, it. It just goes to show how big of an influence that he has on a team. Yep. And how. How. <clears throat> I don't even really know how to describe it. Really, it's just it, it's incredible how. Someone like him, and this can go for any sport, uh, Jim Harbaugh, for instance, at Michigan, how an attitude of players uh, can switch so easily, just just like that, with yep. just a new head coach. Exactly. And I think Jeff Bauer deserves credit, too. He's a general manager for Detroit Pistons. Mm-hmm. He's kind of seen with Stan Van Gundy on the daily operation of this team and picking out players and stuff. But he, had a, he was the former GM of the New Orleans Hornets back in 2010, and he's kind of been out he was the head coach at Marist but then he got picked up by Stan Van Gundy he's kind of a guy that's you know Stan Van Gundy's busy with this team he's also Jeff Bowers working with the operations uh, in the front office and everything and he's the general manager I mean they, uh, Stan Van Gundy's the president of basketball operations he's a Joe Dumars but Jeff Bowers has played a key role he's another eye he gets to scout and see all these different kinds of guys when Stan Van Gundy's not doing it so just those two together i feel like detroit's finally found two people they can rely upon all right so percent chance now that they made the playoffs last week you said 40 evan and vaughn you said 10 percent. i said 45 now now what are we thinking i'm gonna go chance. 55 that they do I'm okay 15 percent up hmm. uh okay you know what this I'm, they gave me some confidence this past week it's not a huge ton of confidence because they haven't played uh quality teams like the sixers hmm. i mean they beat the raptors raptors and have kyle lowry like I said, but you know the pieces are there. We're starting to see what this team looks like with Tobias Harris and all these different other guys, and uh, what Justin Harper. Who knows what he could do? I uh, know he's he's a D league guy, but he played 16 minutes last night and scored nine points. And usually those D league guys, you sign the 10 day contract, sit at the end of your bench, and are practice squad players. But with the injuries he's making and effort, I mean this entire mm-hmm. rotation is playing. Uh, I don't think there's not a coach's decision not playing. Everyone's playing. Even Joel Anthony got five minutes last night. So this team, you know, they have the depth, the talent to do to win games, and that eighth game stretch at home will help them. But it's just a matter of if they can get hot at the right time at the end. All right, you say 55, Vaughn. Where are you going? I'm gonna bump it up a little bit. I'll go 20 percent. 20 percent. A little bit. 20 percent. They got. They're tied for the seventh seed right now. I understand. They're two games back of the four seed. You don't even think they'll make the eight? Look, they're on a four-game win streak. That's great, but they need to keep it up. They can't just go four four games in a row and win, and then do another five-game lose streak. That's not going to happen. They got to continue. I promise you, they won't go on a more than two-game losing streak. I know. Six of their next seven are on the road. Quote me on that. They won't lose more than two. 
They will not have a three-game losing streak the rest of the year. We, we will probably look back on this, and I don't know who's going to be right, but either, Hopefully I am. either we'll be like, hey, good job, you, you called it. If or, not, I probably won't show up that we'll, day. Uh, <laughs> you guys can run the show. Yeah, well, Evan will have to host. I'll moderate the fight that will yeah. happen <laughs> in this podcast room. We'll, we'll see. I'm going to go to 20. What are you going to go? I am going to 65%. Okay. All the way up from 45. Cool. I am confident with the way Van Gunny's got him going. I don't think the East is really that great. The teams they're competing with, Chicago is not the same team this year. Charlotte, they're they're pretty crappy. I don't think they're really any good. They're okay. Um, Chicago's without Jimmy Butler, too. True. And I think and when is he supposed to come back? I think he's out for a little bit. It's going to be a while. Derrick Rose just ain't the, the same guy anymore. I mean, Paul Gasol is trying to lead that team. That yeah. ain't going to work. So I, 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 I think they're going to end up with a sixth seed. And, let me face, seed? I, and I think they'll face Boston in the first round, which should be really good. First round playoffs. Boston's surprisingly been been a really good team this year. Isaiah Thomas kind of came out of nowhere. And when yeah. they've played the Pistons this year, they've had some battles. Every game they've mm-hmm. played each other, it's gone down to the final whistle. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's like Boston's won two, Pistons have won one. So mm-hmm. they've been even this year. So it'll be good to watch. But yeah, just just make the playoffs, and I'm going with 65. For and now. even if they do, they're going to lose. Someone's going to lose the Warriors at some point. Golden State is just unstoppable right now. They they're, they're talking it's about a battle for second place. They're yeah. talking about Steph Curry being the unanimous. Mm-hmm. MVP, first one in NBA history, and I mm. probably agree. Dude's unbelievable. That whole team is unbelievable. You know, talking about Kevin Durant maybe going there in the offseason. But it's like they don't even need him. Like, they're one of the best teams in history, and they don't even need Durant. Like, he might just mess up the chemistry. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like Kevin Durant going there would make that team worse. Yeah, that's because then <laughs> that's how good they are. <laughs> yeah, it'd make it worse because then you'd have to rely on him a lot. And then right. Steph Curry, I feel, wouldn't get the ball as much. And Steph right. Curry's putting up 50, 40 points every other game. Exactly. Right. All right, well, transitioning to some Tigers baseball talk. They had their first game today. Um, I don't even know what the score of it was. I know they're facing the Moccasins. 7-2 Detroit with the victory. It was 2-2 late, yeah. and then Jacoby Jones with the three-run homer in the seventh to put Detroit over the edge. So it's over? Or yeah, 7-2. Yeah, yeah, it was good, a 1 o'clock good. game. Hey, a World, World Series, here we come. <laughs> right. Um, Yay, we beat the Moccasins. What are you guys looking for in spring training? I know records don't really matter. It seems like they, they do kind of mediocre every spring training anyway, so it doesn't really matter one way or another. What I look for is guys looking healthy, especially with a veteran team like this. Guys looking aggressive, swinging the bat. I'm looking at Miggy looking healthy. V-Mart maybe most of all. Yeah. And then uh, Verlander and the pitching staff. What are you guys looking for in spring training? I'm looking for three things. Um, one is just the health from the position players. I know it's an extra month into the season, basically. It means April through September for regular season, but now you're playing day games and it gets chaotic. You got batting practice, split squad, it's just a, a mess. And I feel like, I think it was 2014, with Jose Iglesias missed the entire season, stress fractures, and I don't think spring training helped that cause. Uh, of course, you talk about Miggy and Victor were all hurt at point, one point last year. Uh, this team's just got to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, spring training, these games don't count. <coughs> if someone's hobbled or hurt, just set up, sit them out. Uh, what's that? It's not going to hurt you at all. Uh, number two, I'm looking for some starting pitching. There's like some consistency from there. Uh, right now, we have Anibal Sanchez has some inflammation. He's not ready to go yet. I think he played catch today. But just to see Daniel Norris, he's coming off a cancer bout. He's healthy now, yeah. but just to see how he reduces, especially since he's so young. Uh, Verlander, maybe he can get away from Kate Upton and finally pitch some, <laughs> some good baseball right now. That's a tough challenge. Would you be able to get away from Kate Upton? Probably not, especially in Florida. Probably in Florida, too. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So, there we go. Uh, so you got that. 
Uh, Mike Pelfrey, if he can win, not go 61-81 for his career starting right now. I, I They say he's had some positive signs. Uh, but Jordan Zimmerman pitching well. I like to see some consistency from the uh, rotation. And just the bullpen. Uh, Detroit has never had a good bullpen ever, maybe. Maybe since when Joel Zamaya and Fernando Rodney were, like, the last two good pieces for this bullpen. And that was, like, what they had one, like, one good year. Yeah, and then that they had, like oh, Papa Grande, and, oh, here oh, we go. Oh, gosh. He had one good year. I think Papa Grande did. But going back to the bullpen now, I mean, brought in a bunch of good people. Uh, Mark Lowe had an ERA of, like, one-something and 60-something games for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Bruce Rondon, I feel like he's coming in with a better attitude, and he's not going to get suspended this year. I feel like he, his 103-mile-per-hour fastball. He can throw hard. Yeah, I I, like they're going to need that, and I feel like he'll probably make the team. Uh, he br- trade for Justin Wilson, I think he was a quality lefty from the Yankees. Uh, this bullpen, Blaine Hardy's going to be in there. Drew Verhagen's expected to be, you know, the long reliever. And then Alex Wilson will be a good set of man. Oh, and, then, and then the closer. And the closer, K-Rod. K-Rod. K-Rod came oh, to spring training it. late. I love uh, it. With the visa issue. But I feel like when he gets under control and everything's all set, uh, this bullpen could be exciting to watch. They got depth now, too, everywhere Finally. from pitching staff. Uh, they signed a bunch of people. They just got Casey McGahee from the Giants and Bobby Parnell. Uh, he put, was the Mets closer for a while. They signed them to minor league deals. So uh, this team with the lineup and the pitching staff and everything, they have the potential to do great things. It's just a matter of all getting them to do great things at the same time. I completely agree with everything you just said. Uh, the The thing that I'm going to be looking for going down the stretch of the season is pitching. Uh, I think that pitching has always been their Achilles heel. Uh, Verlander kind of started to turn it around last year. Um, other than that, Anibal has been very inconsistent with injuries, giving up a lot of home runs. Uh, and now we get to see what Jordan Zimmerman's going to do. Uh, he, he had Tommy John a couple of years ago, so it'll be interesting to see if, if he's still a good fastball-throwing young guy. Um, and it, it's hard because already Alex Wilson, he reported shoulder soreness. And you don't want that already. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first spring training game was today. Right. And you already got one of the best long relievers in the game, in my opinion, Alex Wilson. He's already got shoulder problems. You can't have this already. Uh, Anibal Sanchez, he, he reported no soreness uh, today, so that's good. Um, you're going to need him down the stretch. He's, he's going to be our three spot. Uh, Verlander's obviously starting opening day in April. Uh, did you, you did you guys take a look at the uh, the lineup that they had today? The I know Upton batted second. Yeah, you had Kinsler, Upton, Miguel, mm-hmm. V Mart, JD, Nick, uh, Jared Saltalamakia, Jose Iglesias, and Anthony Ghost. I forgot they got Saltalamakia. He's a pretty good second or third yeah, catcher. Yeah, he's not bad. What I don't like about that though is I feel like they have Nick Castellanos up too high. I agree. At the sixth spot. He should be like eight. He should, yeah, seven maybe. And I like Jose batting ninth too. I he he's always batted better in the ninth spot. They tried him up at the top, didn't work out. Uh, I want to say he was batting over three hundred when when he was at that nine mm-hmm. spot. But so I kind of made up my own little lineup here. Um, so first off, I'm not even playing Anthony Ghost. I I think he's just a trash player overall. So I got Cameron Mabin one. I got Ian Kinsler, two. You're starting Cameron Mabin? 
You're leading him off? I am leading him off. I would not do that. No, no I wouldn't sorry. do that either. But this, no. is, this is his fantasy lineup. Let's yeah. let him have his moment no, in the sun. That's, that's fine. Let's let Vaughn have his, have his moment he's a, right he's now. A, we'll trash him after he's he, done. Okay. He did okay that's last good. season. He batted mm. 270, 280. He had a good amount of stolen bases. He's a fast guy to start off. Okay. So I'd put Mabin there, Kinsler 2, Miguel 3, Upton 4, JD 5. I move V-Mart to 6. Nick is going to go at 7, and then Saltomaki at 8 because he's meh. And then Jose at 9. You got to put Iglesias at that nine. So Taltalamaki is your starting catcher every day. If you're not putting James McCann in, I I would flip those. Mm-hmm. If you're putting James McCann yeah, in, I yeah, put. McCann, I think McCann's gonna be the yeah, starter. If if and if that's how it's gonna be, I'd put McCann. Who's the, name another good catcher? Who's the other guy? Brian um, Holiday and yeah. Holiday too. Yeah, Brian three Holiday. catchers. I I would put McCann even before Nick Castellanos. I put Castellanos at eight. Agree. He hasn't done anything to prove that he should be. It's not high up in the lineup, but it's high enough. It, you got Nick right. After JD Martinez, JD's not going to get a lot of runs if you got Nick Cassianos behind you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm going to go with this lineup. Yeah, we go with my lineup. My lineup. Let's hear it. It's Brad Ausmus's lineup. Okay. Uh, we're talking about Ian Kinsler leading off. Ian Kinsler is not a speed burner, but he's going to get on base. He's a guy that's going to hit 300. He has three 300 in the past. He's an All Star. Yeah. Just get him on base. Two spot Justin Upton. Justin Upton's a five to a player. You can hit a home run, start the game off two nothing, or you can get on base for Miguel Cabrera. Now we all think Miguel Cabrera from a few years ago would hit forty home runs and hit everywhere left, right, center. He's kind of dropped that. He's gonna just hit three hundred every year. Get on base. Have the bases loaded for a guy like Victor Martinez, who's not a great power hitter anymore, but when he's healthy, when he's not playing with one leg like he had for the past <laughs> whatever seasons, he's. One of the best hitters in baseball. He never strikes out. He's going to put the ball in play. Even if he hits a fly out or a ground out uh, deep in the hole, someone's going to score. So that's right there. Uh, fifth. Uh, V-Mart? Who's my fifth spot? JD. G- JD. Oh, you said you have v- yeah, JD. The yeah. other Martinez. Yeah. JD Martinez. Uh, really great player. I don't know what to say about him other than he got the, he earned his contract. He's an all-star. He could be an all-star this year. Really broke out last year. Yeah. Yeah, so Victor doesn't do damage in the fourth spot. JD's there to back him up and possibly hit the ball at the ballpark. Nick Castellanos hasn't had the great offensive seasons in the past year. He's still young. He's, you got to remember, he's like 23 now, I think. 22 or 23. He's somewhere around there. Yeah, so now he's he's learning how to be a big leaguer. Now he's going to be know how to be a big leaguer and he's 23 yeah he's gonna turn 24 this friday yeah. so i feel like he's gonna put he put some probably some strength on some muscle in the off season and he could we could be seeing a great offensive season from him i feel like we say that every year though he's kind of like the eric ebron <clears throat> of the detroit tigers he almost is to where it's right. like okay but he's still uh, what he, only 24 years old yeah, he's still, he's so still young. young so is he ebron. has so much untapped they, potential yeah, yeah i'm giving castiano some more time it's his third season you he's gotta, entering his third right season. right yeah, yeah. so is ebron you got to give both of them some time but yeah. everyone's like oh this is ebron's year to break out and then he didn't and then oh castiano's this is going to be his year is he going to though that's the question. We need him to. We need him we have, to. That bottom of the lineup is not very good. Well, We're a very top-heavy lineup. The first yeah. five are like murderer's row, and after that, <laughs> it's like sunshine, fairy tale for the pitcher. And you go back to the bottom of the lineup. James McCann, he's going to be the starting catcher, and I don't think like there's going to be a platoon or anything. I They didn't get rid of Alex Avila for nothing. They saw what James McCann could do last season. He was basically the everyday guy for the last few months. 
and he's got some pop in his bat. He can. He's not going to be a power hitter, but he's a good contact. He's hitter. good contact. Hitter. Hardly ever strikes out. He gets. He gets. He hits didn't the he ball. have an inside the park home run? Too? Yes, he's fast on the bases too. And he, and he can gun guys down on defense. And Iglesias in the eighth spot, he can hit 300. We've seen that in the past. And Maven has some speed at the bottom of the lineup. So the next inning starts, you got Kinsler coming back up. I mean, this lineup is just set, <clears throat> starting to move away from the power hitting that we've seen in the past with everybody. Now it's just to get on base and score. And Tigers have never been the speed team. You got guys like Maven. Ghost is going to be a primary pinch runner. Uh, Kinsler can run. Iglesias, when he's not hurt, can run. Victor and Miguel can't run. But everybody else can, and I feel like that's going to be very exciting to see for this team going forward. I'd almost like mix your two lineups together. Um, I like Anthony Ghost primarily starting over Maven. I just think he's more consistent. He he had a bad finish last year, but in the first yeah. month of the season when the team was looking good, he was batting like 420 or something. Right. Dude was amazing, and I think he's a pretty good defender too. I would I would have him probably towards the bottom, but um, at the nine I would put hopefully Iglesias. You got mm-hmm. a good point. With his speed and he and he he uh he hits really well at the bottom of the lineup. The best thing about that is he could still be on base when guys like Miggy are coming up. Exactly. Guys, you know we're gonna hit the ball. You want Iglesias on the base pad, yep. so I like that a lot. I like Upton in the two spot. I like Miggy in the three spot. I like JD in the four over Vmart. Just because as of right now, I think you're more confident in JD with this year than Vmart coming off the injury. Yeah, absolutely. But if Vmart goes back to being Vmart, I don't know. Maybe you can flip them back. But that's a really good three through five. Might be the best three through five in baseball if they're all playing well and then after that yeah you got McCann in there somewhere um who else Salta Lamakia and or James McCann Brian um, Holiday yeah you st- yeah or Brian Holiday uh yeah, the team yeah I mean you got all those guys but you said Iglesias at the mm-hmm. nine spot too yep yeah yep yeah like McCann right before him Castellanos probably right above him but, yeah, the biggest thing, you're right, Vaughn, is the starting pitching. And I think the biggest thing with starting pitching is Zimmerman. How is he going to transition from the NL to the AL? Not a lot of guys can do it. A lot of guys do better yep. going from the AL to the NL because you get rid of that DH and now you get it automatic out every ninth spot unless you go up against the Cubs. <laughs> yeah. Or they never bat the pitcher in the nine. But, um, all right, so we're going to get to our stud and dud before we wrap up the show. Evan, who you got? My stud? Uh, Steph Curry. I don't think that was a big (laughs) shocker going in here. I couldn't think of anybody else. Uh, What he did against Oklahoma City and just shattering their hopes. And one of the greatest shooters of all time, we're we're seeing it right now, to go to Oklahoma City and knock that shot off as time expired from that deep. He's the only player that can do that that consistently. He's he's the clutch. Mm -hmm. He's clutch every game. Uh, I think he's going to be the first unanimous MVP in the history of this, the association, and clearly he's my stud. My dud is the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, it's very unusual dud, uh, but Garrett Cole is the ace of their staff. I think this year he's making five hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> or they offered him a very low contract, and I'm like, this guy's your ace. Please pay up, please. Right. He said he, he should just be happy that he accepted that he said, I deserve more. And he clearly does deserve more because uh, he is the best player on that team. And that team has so much talent with McCut- Andrew McCutcheon, Starling Marte. You go down that entire – Neil very, Walker. Neil Walker. Gregory Polanco is a good young guy. <laughs> but it's a one. he signed a one-year deal worth $541,000. That's his, for your ace of your staff. I know Pittsburgh's not a big market – 
Or uh, as sorry, what they won last year, like 98, 98, 99 games. I mean, they finished. They, they, they got finished to second the, place. Yeah, they made it to the playoffs. Yeah. This guy's in the middle of it, and he's making almost just slightly above the league minimum. That's what Meyer. It's like the first made. time in twenty years they've been any good, and yeah. you're not going to pay up. Obviously, they're not. Obviously, they're not too big on staying winners. That's that's sad. He's twenty five years old. I feel like he, they're saving up. He's going to get a probably a big contract after the season, but. You gotta give this guy some confidence. Pay up. He done tremendous things for you. Just give him his money. Agreed. He deserves it. Um, all right, my two studs. I got two studs today. They're they're both uh, former U of M QBs. Tom Brady. He uh, signed a two year extension with the New England Patriots, and he already had two years left on his contract. So he's got four more seasons at least uh, with the New England Patriots. You better not um, be the other one. Better not be who I think it is. Jim Harbaugh. Ah, uh, that was gonna be my stud. Was it? Dang it, Vaughn. That was, that was gonna why. be your stud. Uh, All right, I'll give, let you. I'll, yeah, give. I'll let you talk about it then. Okay, okay good. Okay, we can share. Yeah, we, let me talk can, about yeah. it. We both have I'll, the same. I'll let reasoning. you talk. We both have the same. Is that reasoning. our first shared stud of the podcast? First shared I think, stud. Uh, no, didn't you get? Oh well, talking about you mean right? Because you guys both had. Uh, you guys both have Anthony Davis. I didn't have or, him. I had, or Russell had, Westbrook. I'd Russell Westbrook, I, I, but he had Anthony no, Davis. I, somebody, Davis. Yeah, we, I don't think we had a shared one yet. My dud. Um, I know you were giving me crap earlier for having my Duke hoodie um, because I'm wearing a Duke hoodie. I'm a Duke fan. But my dud is Grayson Allen and Coach Mike Krzyzewski. Uh Good. It, I, like I said, I, I got family from North Carolina, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Duke fan over North Carolina. Uh, the way that Coach K kind of defended Grayson Allen after his second trip was a little ridiculous. He he said that he wouldn't suspend any of his players that would just be a flagrant one foul. Sure, that's fair, but it's the second time he's done it in a matter of like two or three weeks. Uh, obviously, he's already built up a, that Duke white boy mm-hmm. reputation. Uh, J.J. Redick and JJ Christian Leitner, all, all those guys. Yeah, everyone hates him. Grayson Allen's now one of those players. He's one of those guys where everyone in the country knows about him, and they all hate him. Yep. Yesterday when they were playing Pittsburgh, uh, whenever he touched the ball, they would scream at him. <laughs> I don't know if you guys watched that game. But I love they it. Would, I love that it. crowd went furious every time he touched the ball. Uh, just the way that they handled it. The ACC mm. issued some statement uh, just about the entire thing, uh, trying to discipline him. But Coach K didn't take any of that. I think that's a little absurd. He should at least given him a one game suspension. One game for the one tri- the one trip's fine. When you do it again and it's obviously yeah. intentional, you got to sit the kid down. Both times were so blatantly obvious too. Like you, did you see the first one? Oh, he's looking right at yeah. him. At, at, and he was mad because the, the guy blocked he his looked, shot. That's yeah, because he, so he was on the ground and then he just hmm. stuck out his leg. Yeah, blatant trip. Yeah, and the next time he put his leg Second right behind time, him. Yeah, to get the put guy. it right behind him. Yeah, and you're and Coach K, Both you're just subjecting so your player to more to more harassment. Give yep. him the one-game suspension, let it cool off between the fans and him, and you'll help, you're will help. you helping exactly. both parties out. Yep. I agree with you. And on the Jim Harbaugh thing, Let's as go. both of our, our uh, the first shared stud of the show, Michigan had their first practice today at I, uh, right. IMG Academy in Florida with, after all the, uh, all the criticism he was getting from the people in the SEC country. I'm proud of him for sticking up for his team, sticking up for the plan that he had, and not letting anybody tell him what he can do with his program. He went down there, they're having their practice, and it's just practice. All these people need to calm down. It's nothing more than that. Yeah, it might help yeah. them recruiting a little bit, but you already have all the best players in the world down in your country. You guys can come up to Michigan and practice all you want. We'll welcome you. Exactly. Hey, I was actually it's, reading it's, an article earlier. Free country. Uh, Florida's coach, uh, it didn't seem like he really had a problem with it. He was like, McElwain. He, yeah, he was like, mm-hmm. 
Well, I mean, we've got nice weather down here, so I don't blame them for coming here. It's not like we're going to go up to Michigan where it's cold to practice. Right. It's right. like it's a spring break. If right. they want to practice, that's cool. Plus, <clears throat> with this time with them going to Florida, it gives the players time to study for their final exams later in the year. Yep. So it's kind of a win-win. And the players get to have some fun on the nice weather and the beach exactly. and everything. What's so wrong with that? But I think Malcolm learned you don't take on Jim Harbaugh. He did that on New Year's Day and got spanked 41-7. to So I think he's had enough of Harbaugh. But as for my dud, I've, I've um, it's actually a group of guys. It's all these okay. old washed up NBA play, old NBA, old NBA retired players that are calling out Steph Curry and the Warriors. Yeah. They need to just take a seat and just enjoy the show. Oscar Robertson, the great Hall of Fame point guard, was awesome back in his day with the Bucks and everything. But now he's trying to say these these teams nowadays don't know how to play defense, and that's the only reason Curry's doing this. Trust me, these coaches know how to play defense. Trust me, it's just Steph Curry's so he's so he's such an evolution of basketball player. He's just he's so good, you can't stop it. And he would have done the same thing back in that day, probably even more. Because let's face it, guys in the NBA now are far more athletic than they were back in the day. Steve Curry even joked about that too. He was like, yeah. "Well, back in the day, you know, they were much more athletic mm-hmm. than people now." Like he was just basically calling them out on that. Exactly, and then hilarious. Charles Barkley a couple weeks ago was saying Steph Curry's just a great shooter. He's not a great player. Really, Charles, you never won a championship, so I want you to sit down and shut up. He's already the worst broadcaster in sports. He needs to just stop. And a horrible golfer, too. He's, he's terrible. He, he needs to just. He's terrible. He's terrible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but trying to call it Steph Curry like that is just a bad look for a guy who never really, never really, never won anything. Mm-hmm. And Steph Curry, he's the best ball handler in the league, too, not just the best shooter. By far. So. By far. Well, that's all we have for this week. Thank you for listening to another edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct brought to you by Central Michigan Life. We'll talk to you next time.